Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. It's always important, at least in my understanding of the Fallout games, to remember that Fallout is grounded in our own history, our own reality. And for as weird and wacky as the games can get, with magic and aliens and ghosts like on our last episode, there's a firm grounding in the history of our own world extended out into the future. And that's important for a few different reasons. It not only gives us a background and a lens context for understanding, a way to kind of put ourselves in this crazy future and imagine what that would be like. But it also creates an underpinning of philosophy, morality, based on our own world, our own experiences. If a world is too alien from our own, a fantasy world, then you can't assume that the people of that world have the same morals, the same struggles. Things might be completely different. But of course, Fallout is based in our own reality, our own struggles, and our own demons. And I don't mean demons from a religious perspective. I mean the kinds of people who do terrible things. Psychopaths. People who don't empathize with other people or feel guilt when they do something wrong. We clearly have people with psychopathic tendencies in our own world. Some high percentage of CEOs at major corporations have psychopathic profiles if you actually look at them psychologically. But that doesn't mean that they all become mass murderers. That's another issue with our modern world. Well, is it just our modern world? Because if you go back in time, there have definitely been individuals who were responsible for the deaths of many, many people. And this happens in Fallout as well. On the Department of Justice's website, the U.S. Department of Justice, there is a document labeled Hunting Humans, an Encyclopedia of Modern Serial Killers. Published in 1990, so not completely up to date, but as of that year, 1990, this document had 357 pages. This volume describes the lives and crimes of several hundred serial killers of the 20th century and summarizes recent findings regarding serial homicide. 
the narrative focuses on 544 cases of serial murders involving about 750 individual murderers and an estimated 5,336 to 6,368 victims. The abstract goes on, but I don't think we need to go through all those details for you to get the idea here. Homicide, mass homicide, serial murders are a real thing, a real problem in our own world. And so that means they're an issue in Fallout as well. But the question I will pose to you is, after we get through the story of Pikmin's gift, is this warranted? Can serial murder in a wasteland full of terrible people actually be a good thing? Let's get into it. A small disagreement. They objected to my hobby of collecting their heads. In Fallout 4, there is a side quest called Pikmin's Gift. Pikman, P-I-C-K-M-A-N, apostrophe S, gift. And this side quest has you entering into a raider's lair in order to hunt down a serial killer, a man who paints his victims in portraits with their own blood. The raider location is called Pickman's Gallery, which is in the north end of Boston, an old building that you can work your way through. When you first get there, you will be accosted by a group of raiders who think you might be Pickman. And at this point, you may not know who Pickman is. And so you fight off the raiders, you kill them because they're attempting to kill you. And you work your way through this location. Early on in this location, you might notice some portraits on the walls, some pictures. And you might notice something a little bit odd about these pictures. They are all painted, not with paint, but with blood, human blood, raider blood. And this is a distinction that I think is very important for this storyline. These aren't just random victims that Pikmin has found out in the wastes. A farmer here, somebody from Diamond City over there, somebody's grandmother or child. These are raiders. Whoever this Pikmin is, they have a very specific profile for their victims. Their victims have to be raiders. So this brings us to our first ethical dilemma. If you work your way through this location and kill all of the raiders in order to get to Pikmin, who you meet at the end of this dungeon, we'll call it a dungeon, and he is fending himself off from the raiders leader, Slab, who has cornered him with some other raiders and are trying to kill him. If you save his life and in doing so, kill a number of raiders yourself. How is that that much different from what he has already been doing? There are 12 paintings you can find in this location, each 
commemorating the death, the murder of a raider. This is the reason why the raiders are hunting him down is because he has been a thorn in their side. Didn't you just do the same thing? Didn't you just take out this entire raider gang in order to get to Pikmin himself? Now, clearly there's a difference here in what happens after you murdered these raiders. And let's call it murder. Sure, it's self-defense, but you didn't have to enter that raider location. You murdered a group of raiders, just like Pikmin did. Except, unless you've maybe modded the game in a way that allows you to take their blood and paint portraits out of them, you can't do that. Pikmin does. Now, you might do other things in the game. Maybe you pile up their corpses or drag them all to a specific location and put them in funny positions and those kinds of things, which is a thing people do in these games. That's definitely a thing you could choose to do. Now, here's the question. If you don't do any of that stuff, if you simply murder everybody, are you that different than Pikmin? Does it matter that in the aftermath of killing raiders he's painting portraits of them and you're not when the thing and, and this sounds weird just go with me here playing devil's advocate when the thing that actually matters the most is that you are taking the lives of other people so what you do with their bodies afterwards sure it's weird it's messed up but the bigger issue is the murder and there's a direct parallel here. Both you and Pikmin are murdering raiders. These are the scum of the wasteland. These are people who have no moral compass, who take advantage of everybody else, hold them hostage, murder them, steal from them, and basically do whatever they can in order to get by. They're the bane of humanity in the wasteland. They are the worst people, all banding together to do terrible things. In most contexts, if you stand up against that group and even go hunt them down, you would be heralded as a hero. Somebody who saved the settlement from that raider group. In fact, this happens over and over and over again. The settlement needs your help. Oh, they're being attacked by raiders or whatever. Go, go help them out. Go take out the raiders. And then when you do that, do whatever you want with them. It doesn't matter. Take all their stuff. Wear all their armor. Take over their headquarters. Whatever you want to do is up to you. But as soon as you decide to paint portraits of them in their own blood, you're now a serial killer. There's something wrong with you and i'm not saying that that's not true that's messed up but that's one small detail away from something you do regularly in the game all the time now i think that there is something about the context of the environment that these things are being done in and this helps us understand and, and put things into perspective in a world where everything's gone to heck and back. <laughs> Everything's irradiated. You've got mutant monsters running around, super mutants and ghouls, and most of humanity is on just the, the fringe of existing still. 
yeah, it makes sense. Taking out a threat to the good regular people is heroic. Doing something with their blood in order to make artwork out of them is kind of weird. But would the people in the settlements, the people trying to farm and take care of their families, really care that much about that part if it frees them from the fear of the raiders? Probably not. Now let's put this in the context of our own world, in today's society. There's a gang in the city that's been doing terrible things. The police have not had the ability to to root them out, to get rid of them. It's a whole process and it just isn't working. Until one good Samaritan, it's kind of like a punisher kind of situation, takes it upon themselves to be judge, jury, and executioner and take them all out. And doesn't even make portraits with their blood. In our own society, in our own context, that person would be labeled a serial killer because they pushed past the boundaries of what is acceptable in our society. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to justify killing lots of people, even if they're terrible people, is a good thing in our world. There's a reason we have laws, trial by jury, all of that. In our world, the person who doesn't do the blood paintings would still be labeled a psychopathic mass murderer. In the world of Fallout, that person is a hero because, and this is the key distinction, there is not a structure in place for those people to be punished, to be caught and punished through some sort of legal system that doesn't exist. And so the person who comes to the rescue of that settlement is a hero in the fallout context. Now go back to our context and that person now has killed that entire gang and also paints their portraits in blood. Absolutely way beyond the line. You end up with specials on Netflix and on YouTube about the craziest murderer in our modern society and all of that stuff, right? So depending on the context that these actions are done in, the time period and the location and all of that, our perspective changes. It's a strange thing, but it's the way we work. It's the way people work. Now, we've got to go thank our patrons, but don't go anywhere because we're going to talk about a little bit more about how this plays out and why one of the rewards you get for going through this quest is actually pretty dark. Don't go anywhere. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, welcome to the middle of the show. We've got some new patrons to welcome, including Paul N. and Amanda D. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being one of the 82 current patrons. Thank you to all of you. And huge shout out to our Liberty Prime, Darth Mosin, top of the Patreon, top slot. Nobody else can have that slot because Darth, Darth Mosin is there. Thank you so much for your support, Darth. And also a shout out to our Sentry Bots, Germinator and Sky R. Thank you for being here and being a part of the show. If you are a Assaultron, a tier four or higher member of the Patreon or plan to be, then we are getting together in just one week, uh, probably less than one week from when you listen to this. On the 25th, 
That's the last Wednesday of the month. We've been doing our Patreon episodes on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, and my words are being weird. So uh, join us for that, and you've got plenty of time still to sign up and join us for when that happens. Uh, also, we've got a new review in, and as a reminder, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it out on a future episode of the show. This one is from... Uh, Bonnie Boy Blue in Great Britain who writes superb five stars this guy and Oxhorn are some of the best sources of lore when it comes to Fallout 4 great show highly recommend it well thank you so much Bonnie yeah Oxhorn's great I've had the uh, opportunity to to be um, co-hosts with him on some event we did for some Bethesda thing like a year or two back Um, and super cool guy Uh, but thank you for that if you would like to help us out in other ways, you can leave a rating on Spotify. You can review the show on whatever podcast you're listening to this on. You can tell your friends or your family, anybody else that you know loves Fallout and you think they'd like this show, please share it with them. That helps a ton. All of all of that stuff makes this possible because I can do a show, but if it isn't for the support of the listeners, then the show doesn't go anywhere. So thank you to all of you. All right, let's move on with this terrible terrible episode about serial killers here we go if you have any questions about nuka world i'd be delighted to answer them so as you're entering pikmin's gallery which is a great name for this location because of all the bloody portraits he has all over the place you you come across the body of a raider named jack and on jack's body is a holotape and the holotape gives us some insight into Pikmin for the first time for most players. Here's what it says. Seth, it's me. I found out what happened to the scouts who went missing up near the old art gallery. They're, they're dead, Seth. I- I'm looking at a, a goddamn painting of Cal's body. Oh, God. What the hell did I do to him? Who the hell is there? Admiring my collection. I'm afraid it's not complete yet. Soon, though. Stay away from me, you psycho! Yes. Just like that. Hold that expression on your face. So we can gather a few things from this. First of all, Pikmin is in this and clearly is a disturbed individual. The first time we hear his voice, he's humming. He's humming the tune, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf? Which gives you a sense of how he views himself. He is the wolf. And this also sets the context for how the raiders knew where he was and what they were doing there. This individual, this Jack, who was one of the raiders, seems to take it upon himself to go to this location, which he has kind of tracked Pikmin to, in order to get to the bottom of what's actually going on. And it begins to freak him out even more. And in fact, usually raiders are the ones who are scary, but the tables are turned in the situation. He freaks out as Pikmin nonchalantly approaches him humming and says... Admiring my collection. I'm afraid it's not complete yet. Soon, though. Implying that he's going to become part of his collection. It also makes you wonder, what is a complete 
collection? Is it this entire Raider gang specifically? Is that his only goal? Also, what set Pikmin off? What made him so, first of all, so capable of hunting these down, but also so driven to do so? And why Raiders? Many psychopaths or mass murderers go after victims because of some very specific reason. They have a person type that they, for some reason, hate or enjoy in a very dark, sadistic way of doing things to. And sometimes they see them as being lesser than themselves. What was Pikmin's motivation for hunting specifically this raider group? Did they do something to his family and that kind of flipped the switch and he's now hunting them down? We don't ever get a description of exactly why Pikmin is the way he is. But we do find out a little bit more as we get through this dungeon. As we get to the end of it, as I mentioned before, you have the opportunity either to take out the raiders who are attacking Pikmin, or you can kill Pikmin, but then chances are the raiders will turn on you and fight you also, which then means you end up just killing everybody. The situation is more interesting if you leave Pikmin alive because you get to have a conversation with him and he gives you a reward, a key to the master lock safe behind another painting on the first floor. The painting is labeled Picnic for Stanley. It's the face of what appears to be a man with his eyes missing and placed below his head in the painting. All done, of course, in the blood of the victim. So there's some questions I have here about this. First of all, who was Stanley? Was Stanley just another one of the raiders? And secondly, why are the eyes missing? Did Stanley see something that Pikmin didn't like? Was Stanley maybe responsible for why Pikmin is the way he is? Now, most of the 12 paintings that you can come across are in a gallery altogether, but this one is specific and different from the others in that it is the one that hides the safe. Maybe Stanley missing his eyes couldn't reveal the location of the safe to other people because he couldn't see it. Something like that. Who knows? Because obviously this person isn't working in the same kinds of rational context as the rest of us. But when you get into that safe, you find your reward. A unique combat knife called Pikmin's Blade. And I don't know what I was expecting the first time I came across this, what would be in there, but this seems to be the perfect reward for this quest. It is a unique item. And when you use it, your target bleeds for 25 points of additional damage. Bleeds, just like the paint in the paintings. But that's not all. It deals an additional sneak attack damage multiplier of 0.5 and causes 10 more points of additional bleed damage over five seconds. This 
is the weapon of a psychopathic murderer who wants to collect the blood of his victims. Now, it doesn't look too fancy. It has the leather hilt, the serrated blade. It looks like pretty much any other combat knife that you would come across. Now, you also find a note left by Pikmin to you if you left him alive. It's a very small scrap of paper, and on it, it says, Thanks, killer, with a heart shape scrawled in blood. So this leaves us with a few questions. First of all, do you use the knife knowing that this was the weapon of a psychopathic mass murderer? And secondly, even if you're not the one painting in blood, stacking bodies, doing weird stuff with corpses, I think Pikmin might have a point. Thanks, killer. You are just like me. You took out all those raiders. You saved my butt. You murdered them. And so now I don't have to. Here's the knife. You clearly are going to use this more than I will now. Good luck. Or at least that's what I read into the situation. The distance between you and this psychopath is not that far apart. And I think that's what this quest is trying to tell us. So as I mentioned earlier, the context, the setting, the time period, all of that has a different effect on our perspective of what is happening, what is right, what is wrong, and how it plays out. And there's something unsettling about a guy who paints people with blood and that gets under our skin. Sorry for the pun. Is that even a pun? But that part pushes it so far that we feel gross about it. But when we, as the player character, run around and kill all the raiders, we don't think about it twice. Because they're scum and they are bad guys and they deserve it. But are we that different? Thanks for joining me for the third episode of Spooptober. I hope this has been a especially chilling and philosophically challenging episode. I'll be back next week with our patrons for our patron chat, so we'll see you then. Have a good rest of your week and stay safe out there. Try not to let anybody paint your picture. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time.